You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. I want to preach a word to you. It's a short word. And, uh, and if I could have my Bible, I could preach it better. Thank you, Kelvin. I'm so glad to be in these last days watching God do the supernatural. Oh, I love it. Holy Ghost is going to help us. I just, uh, if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Lord impressed upon me these two verses, 14 and 15. Very simple verses. It's a very simple sermon. But I believe it's apropos for where we are. And it reads as follows. For the love of Christ compels us. For the love of Christ compels us. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Holy Ghost, thank you, making this real to our hearts and lives today. Paul, who wrote this epistle, was the greatest missionary of the day. This man went about doing what God told him to do, go into all the world. And what I love about him, he was a man that came from the most furthest extreme. He was almost the spirit of antichrist was on him because he was persecuting everyone who was a Christian and going out of his way to bring them to jail or to kill them. He was, he was on the wrong side of the track. But at a, in a visitation on the road to Damascus, God touched him and turned him around. And everything he did that was evil, God turned him around for good. And so Paul understood the grace of God that was given to him. I mean, how would you be like Paul that you're standing in front of a church like now that you're the apostle? And you look out of the congregation and there are parents that their child was taken from them by Paul. Or people that had relatives that they lost their lives because of Paul. And but Paul said, well, I stand before you with a good conscience. How could he say that if he understood the love of God was so powerful that he washed away his sins, even took away his guilt, and gave him a place of, of prominence in the New Testament church? God can take the least and make him the foremost because God's God. God's grace is immeasurable. But he said, the love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ compels me. Look at the word compel. In the King James, it used the word straighteneth me, straightens me. The word, if you look it up, you pull it apart, it means to hold together. It means to compress. It means to, it's like Paul talked about how this works when he said in Philippians 1.13. In the King James, it says, I am betwixt between two things. In the New King James, it says, I, for I 
am hard pressed between two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. He said, the choices I have is to stay here on the planet and minister to you or to be with Jesus. And when he, and when he wrote this, this, this man had suffered much abuse. You read 2 Corinthians 12, you talk about it. 2 Corinthians 11, it goes through the retinue of all the things that happened to him. He was beaten with rods, with whips. He was stoned until he was dead. I mean, this man suffered great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. But he kept going. Everybody say, he kept going. You know, anyone can shine for a day. And so the thing about the body of Christ, we've, we've got to capture the motivation to do what we're called to do. When you're demotivated, you just want to sit. But God said, go ye. He didn't say, sit ye. Go ye. And the church has lost a lot of its go. We have, we're doing too much sitting. And we're looking for the guy named Mr. Ye, this Chinese guy, Mr. Ye. Have you seen him lately? No, I've not seen Mr. Yi. But whenever we get a hold of Mr. Yi, we want to get behind him and support him. But we understand that the Yi is you. But he was, comp- he was, he, it was the love of Christ. He experienced that love, and it was the motivation. It was, his, it was the passion that put in his heart to go for God. To go in which way? To keep going to get the message out. Because the only thing that will unlock the chains of darkness is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're in Zambia. We got this, they call it the deliverance tent. And people go in there to get delivered. That's a wild place. When you go in there, you got to go up prayed up in Jesus' name. You'll see everything coming at you. They give you two or three people. But we saw demons lead people. We saw miracles do that happen. And then outside, when our our dear brother evangelist uh, Daniel DeToy says, okay, be loosened to the crowd. Go and begin to pray. It was like we all disappeared into the crowd, and the miracle powers of God began to pop, 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 pop all around us. And you recognize, God, this is a supernatural thing that's happening. This is beyond my faith. I see the gift of faith flowing through me. It's a work of God. But the love of God is what will keep you motivated. It will keep you pushing in. And I promise you, this is what we need. Everybody say motivation. Yeah, the church has got to get motivated to where it needs to do what it's called to do. The Passion puts it this way, the same verse. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. It's Christ's love that fuels our passion. I understand that. When you get in his presence and he begins to touch you and you experience the love of Jesus for your life. And hot tears come out your eyes as you stand in the presence of God. It's the fuel. It's the motivator. It's it's the motivation that will keep you going and that you'll never run out. Because if you do it to please other people or you do it to be religious, you you will not go the distance. But if you keep tapping into Jesus and let his love envelop you and let him download that love, the Bible talks about this in Ephesians 3. He said, we would know the length, breadth, height, depth, the love of God, and be filled with all the fullness of God. How do we know that God's motivation is love? For God so loved, John 3, 16, the world, that he gave. His love was so big. He said, I love humanity so much, and the only thing I can do 
to get them free, I have to send my son, my only begotten son. And he's got to be willing to take the sins of the world upon himself. And we've got to get past religious accolades and get to the reality that this, how great is God's mercy for every one of us here today. Look back over your life. Where were you before you found Christ? Where would you be without his love for you? His mercy and compassion. And so Paul is making an argument. He says, it's the love of Christ compels me. It's like positive pressure. It's like a good kind of pressure. I can't sit there. I can't sit there. I can't sit there. My mother used to cook. I don't know if they have them anymore. You ever heard of a pressure cooker? She had this old thing and she'd put this little, she, you put this little, uh, it was a round thing you put on top of the, the nozzle. I guess as to how much pressure you want, you put it on there. And it would cook, cook. Those things would scare me because it was like a bomb, if you know what I mean. It's getting hotter and hotter. Sometimes we begin to shake. And we have warning, be sure that the exhaust is clear. Otherwise, you might have a bomb. Get potatoes all over your kitchen. But when it hits a certain pressure, amazing. It's like all that steam has to come out of one hole. The pressure pushes it out. That's why if you're just sitting, the pressure hasn't built up yet. What pressure? The reality of his love for you and you're experiencing his love. When that comes in, you cannot sit any longer. My wife and I went to a, a, it's a 38th uh, wedding anniversary this month. It was wonderful. Hallelujah. And we went up to North Georgia, and we were touring this college called uh, Young Harris. You may have heard of it. Young Harris. I said, what a quaint school. 1,100 students. I said, man, where, where, this this college. I'm surprised we haven't heard more about it. That's a great school. They have all these different schools. Then I looked it up online how much it was. Yeah, close to 50 grand a year. That's a very special group of people. But anyway, but if God wants you to go there, he'll give you a scholarship in Jesus' name. Amen. He can, he, he can, he can work it out. Never limit God. But we went off the trail, and there was a little creek coming through just north of the campus, and we walked there. It was a, and I don't know how old this wall, this big old stone wall. And I saw the water pile up, and what they had done is taken the whole wall and then put a V in the middle of the wall. So all the water would build up, and it came out that V, and that V would shoot water like a big arc right out over the rocks below into the stream. When I thought about this message, I said, that's what God's love is. When you, when you get it built up, built up, built up, it's got to go somewhere. And you know what he wants it to go? To go into all the world. To go and help people have the gospel come to them. And so we need this compelling force to rise up within us. Because when you get a hold of Jesus, you can no longer sit still in any, in any way, shape, or form. You've got to do something. You've got to do something. You've got to do something. I think about Tracy Shimaleki here. You know, she was out here on Street Reach. She's been Street Reach for 25 years, helping children every single year. And as she was going, she found out when she took these kids back home, she found ro roach-infested apartments, and there were no beds. They were just lying on the floor like towels and a little pillow. And she said, something compelled her. I cannot let these children live like this. Something compelled her. And she said, I'm going to form an organization, Kids Without Beds. Children without beds, I'll get it right one day. Children without beds. And now she has a whole foundation. Now she has a ministry. And now she goes and they, give, they, they, they buy these whole families. They brand new bed 
brand new mattress, brand new sheets, brand new pillowcases, and brand new comforter, everything brand new. I've been there. I've seen what happens. The parents are just in tears. And while they're crying, they said, let me ask you a question. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? They go, well, not sure, not yet. And she leads them to Christ. Hundreds. I mean, this is a miracle of God. And I believe God one day will be full time. All right, Tracy, it's going to be full time. You'll take it from Atlanta, but the beds will bring people to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Lie down on this green pasture, and the Lord will save your soul in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I just clap. I just love what people do for the Lord Jesus. But if you're going to say you know God, you've got to know his love. If you're going to know God, you're going to know his love. The more you know God, the more God will download his love to you, and it will enlarge your heart. You cannot go to a trip like Zambia. My heart came back a lot bigger. This way about when you get downloaded with the word and downloaded with the presence of God. Even this camp meeting I was just at with Brother Rodney. The only word I left there is enlarge. Enlarge your heart. Enlarge your faith for, the, for you to do more for God. Get a bigger capacity. Grow that love on the inside of you. God, the Bible says, is love. Out of 1 John 4, 10, it says, and this is love. That we love God, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation means that God had to pour his wrath out on someone. Someone had to take the brunt of the penalty of those sins. And Jesus said, I'll take the hit. You can hit me. I will take what, the, what humanity should take one by one, but I will take it for all. That's why the Bible says in this verse, one died for all. Jesus died for all. Now, we have an expression down south. We say, you all. You all is essence. He died for you, 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 you. Every person in here, Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. And if he died for you, then he says, for all have died. Meaning that, you know what we call mortal? We call mortal. Mortal means death doomed. We're all death doomed. But with Jesus, glory be to God. He turns that death into life. We know that when we die, we go straight to heaven. Some of you who don't know that can find out today. I know of a peace in my heart. When I die, get out of the way in Jesus' name. There's no greater love than Jesus. I'm telling you what, when Jesus loves you, it's greater love than any human can ever give you. Well, more like your husband or wife? Yes. More like your family? Yes. More like you're better than your friends? Yes. That's why Paul said, I'd rather be with him. If I had a choice, I'd rather. It's, in fact, he said in the Greek, it says, it's far, 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 far better to be with Jesus. And we thank God for the blessings of this life. We thank God for the family. But in comparison to Jesus, no one has ever loved you like Jesus. No one has demonstrated his love. And it can't just be a factual knowledge. That's what we mess up in church. It's got to hit here. Because when his love touches you, and that fire of that love touches you. You can no longer sit still. You have to do something. You have to go. The whole deal about God. He lives, he, he likes paradoxes. When you die, you really live. Die to what? Die to what I want. But you live what he wants. You don't know what real living is until you say, God, I'm available for you. And he talks about love and obedience. He says, if, he, if you love me, you'll obey me. And one of his first commandments is that we go. Everybody say go. go. 
we go. It's just one word. It's very simple. Go. You've got to do something about the going. Because this earth 7.8 billion. They say about 3 billion have never heard Christ one time. Let me say this. Jesus is the answer for the political problems. Every, the economic problems. The social problems. He is the answer for every problem this world has. And when you preach Jesus and people receive Jesus, their hearts are changed supernaturally. They have a new beginning. It's the greatest transformation you'll ever see when you share Jesus. And so it has to be the motivation of love. You can't do this to be religious. You can't do this just to be good. you got to do it because he says, the love of Christ compels me. This is what kept Paul going. This was the nuclear reactor inside his spirit. He kept experiencing the love of God. He, the, the love of God. I'm like Brother, Ta, Brother Daniel. There's no such thing as spiritual burnout. Are you serious? You're, you're doing it in the flesh. If you, if, if you get tapped into his spirit and tapped into the flow, there's a flow with God. In fact, I got to watch Brother Daniel. What I loved about him is his flow. So relaxed. So, you know, there's tens of thousands of people out there. And he's like, I said, how come you're so relaxed? He says, well, one thing's for sure. I can't help them. It has to be Jesus. So all I'm, I'm just his voice, but I'm available. And he just steps up there. And like the glory of God just... You feel like waves coming off that platform. And it's just waves of love. People come running for the altar call. Thousands raise their hands. And they come because they're hurting. But one man said, I want to make the difference. I am going to go because God's love's touched me. And when his love touches you, you can't sit. You can't sit. You know the worst place to be as a Christian is to say, Are, "Do you love? I love the Lord." Are you? I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. And is there more? Are you serious? Young people leave church because they're bored. But when you tap in the love of God and you connect with what he asks you to do, you will never be bored. Never. Never. First of all, this man does 80000 for a crusade that big is like a fraction of what Americans spend. They'll drop hundreds of thousands and have less of a result. So he squeezes every dime and gets the max because he uses native help and he's smart. But he's going to get his own stage, his own trucks. He's gonna, it's going to happen. He's going to be fully equipped to go from Cairo to Cape Town in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. In Jesus' name. And we want to be a part of bringing him here to America. We'll help set it up in Jesus' name. Because nobody better than young to reach the young. He said, how old is he? He's 22. He can write a, his biography already. I feel the love of God here right now. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I like the story of Peter because he kind of helps us identify with where we are in our life. 
Peter was a man that was radical for Jesus, and he was the outspoken one, the rash one. But he was bold. When Jesus said, you're going to deny me, Peter, Peter said, I'll never deny you. He's the one, when they came to get Jesus in the garden, that took the sword out. Remember that? So he brandished the sword. He went after one of the temple guards and missed, whacked off his ear. Jesus reaches down, puts the ear back, says, stop that. And then Peter, most, one of the most moving moments in the Gospels. I think it's the Gospel of John. He's warming himself in the fire. He said, aren't you with him? He said, no, I'm not. Another one said, I know you're with him. I, your, your speech betrays you. You're wrong. And then he denied him a third time. No, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Now watch this. When he let those last words out, he looked over where Jesus was, being beaten. And Jesus turned his head to him, and their eyes locked. The one he loved, he betrayed. And he said he turned and ran out, weeping. Think about what Peter would feel. I'm such a low life. I'm just, I, the very one who gave everything for me. I, I mean, I just can't believe it. Then in John 21, they've seen Jesus twice. You know why Jesus said, peace be still? How would you like to be eating lunch all of a sudden through the wall? Here's Jesus. He didn't even use the door. Ah! Peace be still. It's okay. Take a chill. Peter, out of his frustration, says, I go a-fishing. He took six others with him, six other disciples. He's kind of like, doesn't want to do with himself. He goes back to what, he's, what, is, what he was familiar. I promise you this. You lose sight of the vision that God gave you. You'll always go back to your past. That's why you've got to stay in the house, keep your vision alive, because that wants to put you right back to where you came from. But talk about the failure. He feels a failure. Now he's fishing. And they fish all night. And they failed again. They didn't catch one fish. Not even a minnow. And the sun is coming up. And they see a man on the shore about 200 yards away. And the man yells out, it's Jesus. Have you caught any fish? <laughs> Peter yells back, I don't know who that wise guy is. No, we haven't. We fished all night. Haven't got a thing. He said, throw the net on the other side. They threw it on the other side. What the heck? They threw it on the other side. And the Bible said, the Bible said it was a little boat. Because he had given his other boat. He had sold that. He's got some little boat. They're all crowded in there. He said they went to hold the fish in. They couldn't pull the net into the boat. There were so many. And it said, the Bible says, filled with large fish. And then John, the apostle, looks at Peter and says, it's the Lord. He put, his clothes, he put his outer clothing back on and jumped into the, into the water. Wouldn't wait to come back. He wanted to get to Jesus. And Jesus, all of a sudden he's got a f coals, a fire, and he's got fish cooking for breakfast. He says, bring the fish aboard. Bring the fish to shore. And they finally all got there. He says, count 153. 
You think about how Peter felt ashamed. He's talking to Jesus. Jesus gives him the food. Then Jesus calls him aside. And here's where the whole motivation comes. Like Paul said, it's the love of Christ that compels me. (sighs) He said, Peter, it's the question, do you love me more than these? Theologians debate what was he saying about the fish or about the disciples? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. But he asked him a second time. Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. Tend to my lambs. And the third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter remembered, said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, take care of my sheep. He said, Peter, your love for me is going to be so strong. He says, today with your strength, you go where you want to go, when you want to go. But one day, they will tie your hands and feet and take you to a place you don't want to go. Thereby describing how he died. Peter, he may have denied him that one night. But Jesus came and said, Peter, I forgive you. You're not a failure. But you understand that the driving motivation for your life has got to be your love for me. And I'm telling you, Jesus wants to say that to you. That he loves you. He said he died for all, but he meant you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because he died for you, you can no longer live your life for yourself. But you must live for the one who died for you and rose again. But the motivation the compelling force, the driving pressure is the love of Jesus for you. And you've got to experience that love. Peter never looked back. All those apostles had such a fervent love for Jesus. All but one died a martyr's death. They clubbed Thomas to death in Madras, India. His grave is still there. They cut up Andrew. You can go through all the history. Only who didn't die was John the Apostle. They tried to kill him. They put him in a pot of oil and boiled the oil, and he didn't cook. So they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. So in these days where there's many things wants to get our attention, you've got to remember, Paul was driven by his experience of the love of Christ. It's amazing Jesus said this in John 14, 21. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And if you love me, my Father will love you. 
and I will love you. And here's his key words. And I will manifest myself to you. I've just experienced this with Jesus. The more you step into obedience to the call on your life. And stop living your life for yourself. Because it's possible. You can be saved but live your life for you. But God so loved the world that he sent his son. You got to say, you know, God, I so love the world, I'm willing to go. Isaiah was asked the question, who will go for me? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, Lord, here I am. Send me. I want to tell you something. In these last days, God wants every available saint to be touched with his love and released to make a difference on the world, which is bring Jesus Christ to lost, hurting humanity. Not just in our city. Acts 1.8 lets us know. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most part of the earth. We got to quit trying to find the guy named Mr. Ye and recognize he's talking about you. And you got to shake yourself. Let me tell you what, it's very easy to be in church and become religious. It's very easy to be filled with excuses and filled with rationalization and looking here, looking there. Forget about what anybody else does. What about you? Many of you come from nations around the world. You know the language, you know the customs, you know the people. You're leagues ahead of a foreign missionary getting there. They will never speak the language like you do. So actually, it's very dangerous to come to this church. You just waddle in here, kind of get blessed, and all of a sudden, God puts his finger on you. I'm talking to you and you. We have people all over the world that were members in this church. Now they're abroad because God touched them. There's something about the love of Christ. I'm telling you, that'll just cause you to lay it all down. And Jesus, if I die in the process, I don't care. Because to be with you is far, far better. And so when it comes to missions... It's not a side issue. The purpose of the church is to be a rescue ship for the world. The purpose of the church is for the harvest. Well, we like fellowship. We like potluck suppers. We like whatever we like, whatever we do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you cannot make that the end game. Kumbaya is not the end game. Let me say something to you, because human beings are extremely dyslexic. They feel, huh? what? What, what? So the name of the church God gave me, so it wouldn't get messed up. As you drive in, it's in 10,000 pounds of stone, eight-foot piers, so it won't get moved. World Harvest Church. That's what this church is about.
I feel the Holy presence of God here. God's touching hearts. He's touching with his love. You say, what am I supposed to do, Pastor? Surrender to Christ. Let his love compel you. Be drawn to fulfill what God put in you to do. Well, I'm scared. Take a step of faith. I don't know where the help. We will help you. And I don't care if everybody goes to mission field and the church is empty, we shut the doors. We say, oh, well, we all went to the mission field. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) But you businessmen, you've got to work as I am having business. I want to take care of my needs and my family, but to fund the kingdom. In these last days, you feel think that way. You mothers and fathers, you got young children, you got your plans, be careful you don't mess up God's plan for their life. Be willing to lay them on the altar. Well, I may not see them. You know what? It gets really down to the price. Like, what are you going to do about your decisions? Amen. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.